Finding your way doesn't mean you always know where you're going. It's knowing how to find your way back home that's important. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Welcome to this episode of Heal. Britt and I are both here. Look at her interrupting me already during the intro. (laughs) Uh, We're so excited. I forgive you. (laughs) We're so excited because it's not just me and Britt today. We actually have another mother and daughter team who we are interviewing for this episode of Heal. Join me in welcoming Linda Welch and her daughter, Sarah Laryl Welch. Hi, ladies. Hey, it's Hi. good to be here. Yes. We're so happy to have you. They also have a podcast called Women Rising Together. I cannot wait to hear about your podcast, and I can't wait to hear about how you came to this podcast. You always didn't have a podcast, right? Correct. So what, oh. what, what started it? COVID. COVID created the podcast. <laughs> so do you two live together? We do now. We did yeah. not when we started the podcast. She'd been living on her own for three years. And then during quarantine, you know, we live in Northern California. And so quarantine was pretty strict here and pretty lonely. And so um, we both made it through living alone. And then I guess sometime this summer I was away and she said she was staying here with her friends and she mm-hmm. said, Mom, I feel a lot better at your house. It feels oh, more expensive. Tell Brittany a little bit more about that. <laughs> I feel so good at your house. I feel expansive. And, yeah. and she said, if she was hoping to move in with some friends from college, she said, if that doesn't work out, I think I might want to move here. Yeah. I was texting her. I was like, mom, can, can I, can I live with you? <laughs> like, please. <laughs> yeah. Like she, I was living in a really tiny, like studio apartment that was great for three years after we had, we were living on a houseboat where I like to lovingly call the room that I lived in an oversized walk-in closet. Um, <laughs> I, but it was coziest room I've ever created for myself. I really did love it, but it was an upgrade getting to the studio apartment. But then when she was gone for that weekend and I invited two of my friends over where we each had our own space, we could hang out downstairs and like do our own things. And I was like, wow, this is, I have, I have space. I feel expansive. This feels really yeah. great. Um, Sarah, if you ever, if you ever want to move to the East coast, Brittany has a three bedroom apartment that she, <laughs> she could use a roommate. Just so yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of space here, but I do. <laughs> but she really enjoys her time alone. <laughs> I totally get that. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So these ladies help women find their way home. That's their tagline. And I absolutely loved that. What brought you to that? Because we don't, I don't think we decide when we're 18, 19, 20 years old to be like, I'm just going to help women find their way home. Because we have to find our way home. We don't know what that even is. So what brought you to this point? How did it all start? We've been working together since her junior or senior year of college. I I did have a business coaching business um, and we did outsource sales for people. And I I did that business because it was easy and I could make money. And then I thought in this last third of my life, what else do I want to do? And one day during COVID, she said. I was like, oh, we should 
we should start a podcast. Like we should, cause we, cause here's the thing. We've been talking about doing another business where we're helping and coaching people to better their relationships because for, I don't know, like the last, how many years now? Like almost a decade. Um, like everyone we know is like, wow, how do you guys get along so well? How do you have such a great relationship? And so you're like, well, Just I guess lots, we can- of, lots of alcohol. <laughs> 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 no, but a, a good sense of humor yeah. is, is the, yeah. really been the key. Um, yeah. Don't take anyone or yourselves too seriously. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so throwing that around, we, we, we originally were thinking we were just going to be focusing on like relationships and helping people do that. And as we did more of that and started a, a, the, pod, a the original podcast um, that we realized like, you know, that's not I mean, it's part of what we do, but not all of what we do. And, and so just in this last like couple of months, we've been throwing around this, trying to come up with a different name. And so we settled on Women Rising Together because we really want to create a community and start a movement of, you know, women uh, gathering together and and supporting each other and lifting each other up and, and helping each other to just bring their lives to the next level and feel happy and fulfilled um, with where they are, who they are. And, you know, and if they're not getting to where they want to be in their, in their life and in their relationships. That's fabulous. We need more people like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that I, I feel like despite everything that society or popular media or, you know, popular culture has kind of forced down our throats as women. Like, I find that it's almost like a natural instinct for us to gather together and lift each other up and support each other. Like, I don't know if you've ever been drunk in a ladies' bathroom, like, like <laughs> oh, I've heard heart. stories. Like, Listen, we really everywhere. don't. We really don't drink that much, do we? But <laughs> it literally is the best environment. You know, like you could go. You should like go into a room, like a ladies' bathroom in a club, and just be like, "Should I text my ex?" And everybody be like, "No, girl, no, you're like, better." No, than honey, that. no, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> you make like these lifelong friends just by being in the bathroom line, and I think that's. That's really a wonderful thing that women do. I, I love that. You know, the funny thing is, um, I don't have personal experience of this. She has a little bit, but in a lot of circles, women tear each other down. And so, yeah. so what is it about that? that, that you know, because that's not been my life experience. So for me, I really wanted to um, focus on how do we help people love themselves more? Because I, I think that's well, part that's, of it. That's, you don't why, love that's why you tear yeah. someone down to feel better. Yeah. So, yeah. And it really so, never feels better, does it? It doesn't. So, you know, what we wanted to do is create a community of, of women who wanted to lift each other up like the bathroom. Um, <laughs> you, know, but you get a place to say, hey, should I text my ex? And the whole group will say, no, <laughs> no just say no. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. It's a really good thing to have in our world. Yeah. Sure. So let's talk about your podcast then. So you rebranded to Women Rising Together. What were some of your topics in your old um, so, okay. So let's talk about your rebranding. I love that you changed the name. I like the old name too. Um, so let's talk about what your, some of your topics are. I like both of them actually. Yeah. So we, we've done two, we've done two seasons and, and we're this week um, figuring out exactly what the third season is going to look like, but a lot of it's been about, um, uh, learning about communication, yeah. learning about, um, expressing yourself, 
learning to take up more space in the world. You know, women just like, like they contract so much and take up so little space um, and, to, and really encourage women to feel uh, more secure being seen and heard and um, taking up space in the world, like to, to be who you're uh, called to be. A lot of us have like, we've created our lives around what we thought everybody else wanted, whether it was mm -hmm. our parents or mm -hmm. our siblings or um, the government or mentors. Uh, mentors or religion. And so what we really wanted to do is help people, women particularly, come back to like, well, who do I really want to be? It doesn't mean you have to throw out all those other relationships, but does this all still fit? Yeah. So I, I, I turned myself into a pretzel and, and I did all the things everybody expected. Is this all there is? You know, and no, it's not. Well, you, all, you always feel like there's more because you're not quite doing what you're supposed to be doing. And when you don't feel, yeah. when you feel unfulfilled in that way, then there's something missing. And what's missing is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> but it takes exactly. us sometimes years and years to get to that point to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? You know, yeah, like how do you, how do you teach kids, kids? How do you teach Sarah and Brittany their age? How do we do that? Like figure out what it is that you want to do while they're still trying to survive in this crazy world, you know, financially, yeah. emotionally, how do we teach them that, you know, what you're doing is great, but there's so much more. Uh, but, oh. <laughs> one of the biggest things uh, I really think is learning, teaching your children to trust themselves, to trust their intuition. Well, so could you please, time, like, Sarah, could you say people, that one more time to trust yourself and what? Uh, your intuition. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yourself and your intuition. Um, we spend a lot of time like thinking with our, only our heads and not always, uh, teaching, um, ourselves and the people that we're close to, to, you know, trust our intuition and to follow our heart in that sense. Cause that, that's what happens with a, a lot of following other people's expectations that you're not listening to your heart. You're not listening to your intuition, mm -hmm. um, which is why you feel unfulfilled because you're not, you know, doing what you're called to do. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest thing that uh, my mom taught me was to follow my heart and to listen to my intuition because sophomore year of high school, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I, I knew it. And I like made a plan um, for what I was going to go to call like do in college because I had known since I was like 16, what I wanted to do because I was able to trust to know what I wanted. And I'm like still working on, you know, doing the thing, but <laughs> at least I know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Knowing is half the battle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Oh, that's so hard. So I, so again, I keep focusing on Brit because she's my daughter, but, um, you know, trying to bring it back to our life and growing up. It's so hard because as a parent, I, I found that it was hard. I tried to give her as much advice as I, you know, I don't want her to repeat any of the things that I went through at all. Um, so I was always pushing her to do just the opposite, like don't do that because you don't want to do you don't want to do what I did, you don't want to do what I did, and that was constantly pushing her um, toward school, toward this, toward that, and uh, and it's funny because every time we interview someone, especially with the mother daughter stuff, Brit, I was like, oh crap, I really screwed <laughs> up this one. Whoopsie. No, no, no second chances. The way, the way that I look at it is that I think you know, speak, especially when it comes to like going to college, like that's something that I didn't really want to do for myself, but I did it. It's over and I'm a better person for it, you know? So 
I don't think you should be too hard on yourself for that. <laughs> That's the one thing that I always think, but I'm like, Britt really didn't want to go to school. I made her do it because guess who went to school in her thirties with a child, you know, like yeah. guess who did that? Yeah. Me, right. you know, you're 18, do it now. Just do right. it. Right. Yeah. And it took me five and a half years to do and me too. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause you, you did it. Like that's the, right. that's the, that's the yeah. thing. Like you, right. you did it and you learned something and you grew as a person. Yeah. You did that. So like at that's the very, like at the very least she has that, you know, with her yeah. and she can say, I have a degree and try to get a job doing something that she loves. At least she has that. Yes. <laughs> oh, Good job, wow. mom. You did it. <laughs> You got her through college. Oh, <laughs> God. I always think about that, though, because we do interview a lot of people. They talk about doing, you know, what they love. Um, we had a, a woman on recently who talked about mother, mother, daughter wound, their relationship. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting over here like, oh, what did I do? No. Um, but that's okay. She's great. You're great. You're great. Well, the thing is, is if I had such a wound, I don't think I'd be doing this podcast with you, would I? So. Oh, okay. No, most people would not heal their wound by doing a podcast with their mother. (laughs) That would be very unusual. (laughs) You get so many opportunities in doing this kind of work together to heal all kinds of things you didn't even know were there. You know, we've done really well at learning to communicate better. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I discovered this year that I had been walking on eggshells a little bit with her for a number of years after I'd broken up with her other parent and um, wanted to make sure she stayed happy, make sure everything was good. Yeah. Finally, I realized that I was holding back. And so I, I started really consciously not holding back anymore. And so we might get snipey with each other or, yeah. or in a bad mood or whatever, but we always come back and say, oh, you know what? This is what was going on with me and I'm sorry. And um, here's what I really meant to say. <laughs> well, it's, it's respect for each other and love for yeah. each other. Yeah, no matter what. We're going we're gonna to get, what did you say? Snappy, snipey? <laughs> yeah, snipey. We're going to get that way with, yeah. with anybody, anybody. Yeah. Especially the ones closest to us because we feel safe and, and comfortable in doing yeah. that. I decided it was good, really good practice for us to move back in together as an adults for practice for living with other romantic partners in the future, <laughs> because, you know, I get triggered by all these things that she might do. And then I just work them out. Nothing, nothing is that big a deal. Nope. Not so true. Right. Yeah. Nope. And that's something that I think it's taken me a long time to like internalize for myself, even though there's never really been any external pressure, especially not from, from my own mother. Like, is she doing one of these? <laughs> sorry people on podcast can't see <laughs> you know there was just never this expectation that things had to be perfect or I had to be perfect and I just knew kind of you know intrinsically that I would always you know have somebody who would love me unconditionally and mm-hmm. I think that I don't know. I'm sure it was purposefully done on behalf of my mom but it's also just like kind of just the natural way that our relationship was, you know? Uh, so it's been nice. It's, I consider myself really lucky in that regard. Oh, Fritz. <laughs> so sweet. <Aww. laughs> I'm the lucky one. <laughs> so tell us. <sighs> we can't get emotional, Brittany. No. Okay. <laughs> tell us tell us some of the other so so tell us some of the topics that you plan on having your podcast now that you're going into a new season 
Do you know? Well, yet? well we're working on that it? right now because yeah. everything is about, I think everything is about um, the pain women are feeling particularly. There's been a lot of assault on women's rights. There's a, a lot of assault on our, our uh, sense of safety. Um, and, and honestly, I, I want to rile women up and just say no more. You know, the Me Too movement was great and now we need some more. Um, and so I think we're going to be looking at podcast episodes that are really related to shaking things up and um, claiming your pla place in the world. You know, you have every right to be angry about these things. And with the anger needs to come some kind of action. And there has to be some internal healing, too, because absolutely whatever. Yeah, whatever's coming up for you that's making you angry and pissed off, that's great to move forward and, and affect change in the world. But you also got to heal what's going on for you inside at the same time. Because you're angry, you're angry for a reason. So you have to look at what triggered the anger and be able. Yeah, to and you know what? That. Sometimes it's external. Sometimes when you yeah. think about all the things that are going on right now for women, it's like it doesn't matter if I have gone through x y or z like this is just wrong period and exactly it's great yeah because you know someone who's experienced whatever it was it's like that's the thing where um it you know you can go through your life and there's multiple women women you know that have been in abusive relationships who have been uh dealt with like plenty of toxic people in their lives you know that um have been harassed like there's like you can't really go anywhere without knowing another woman who has experienced that at some point in her life. Yeah, well, that Me Too movement definitely shined yeah. a light on in those crevices, yeah. I think, because yeah. everywhere you look, someone was, you know, saying something, talking about, or at least posting Me Too. But, you know, that means something happened yep. to them. I mean, I remember growing up, I, grew, I was born in 1969, so I grew up younger in the 70s and then really like teens in the 80s and all that. But I remember being... Um, my first day of junior high school walking home by myself, which was fine in the town that I lived in and fine for the time. Um, yeah, in the 80s. I don't know what year that was, like early <laughs> 80s. I don't know. But it was like sixth, seventh grade. And I was walking home from school, which was two miles away, by the way. I walked everywhere. <laughs> Up hill, both ways. Up hill, both snow. ways, right. Yep, in the in snow. The snow. All year um, round. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking home and this old guy, older man, who was probably not really old, I was young, on the side of, underneath, I went, walked under a bridge and on the other side, on a hill where the train tracks were, he was catcalling me, like saying really crude things. And I was so young. And I was so naive and so immature. I just didn't, I didn't know what to do, but it just didn't feel good at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that wasn't the first, that was the first time, but that wasn't the last time that that kind of stuff happened. And I really, it's disgusting. Like what 21, two, three-year-old man is catcalling like 13 year old. I literally You'd was be surprised. I saw uh, an infographic once that was like the age of most women um, start to get noticed because of their bodies. And it usually averages around 12 or 13. And it completely drops off once you get over the age of 18. It's well, just- Well, that's disgusting. It is uh -huh, disgusting. Yeah. And it's just because a lot of our beauty standards, I mean, not to get on my soapbox here, but a lot of our beauty standards are based around like sort of pedophile type bio bodies yeah exactly so like yeah when you think about like what men admire in women it's small hairless submissive 
women who are like children. So exactly. It's, it's yeah. really bad. And it's not the subject of today's conversation, but I could talk about this for hours. I, but I, will, move I will move on. You guys should start a podcast. <laughs> so you guys could do an episode together <laughs> just on those uh, topics. That'd be great. Yeah, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> but yeah. I keep it, I keep it happy here. <laughs> I'm in my own little bubble. Probably because of that incident when I was 13 years old. I'd like, just crawl into this little safety bubble now. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. I taught um, choir when she was in elementary school in an after-school academy, and um, I I would get up close, really in the face of the girls singing. And um, I noticed with the girls, they stopped being able to look me in the eye at third grade. First and second grade, they're still like, yeah, look at me. I'm good. I'm good. And then by third grade, they started shutting down, and I'd have to really work with them to be able to have eye contact. Um, And then I worked with high schoolers. And the same thing, just teaching them to have eye contact and to connect with another person. And for women, I, would they, I think we learned to just be safe by not- Well, I was uh, just gonna say that when oh, you yeah. make that eye contact, all of a sudden you're asking for something that you didn't want. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you need to, uh, another story. Hey, who knew this podcast was gonna be about me? <laughs> <laughs> but it's always about you, right? Yes, thank you. Be. Oh my God, I knew be. I liked her, Brittany. Um, so again, same first year in junior high school, this must've been a turning point in my body. Like my body must've changed dramatically. I swear it probably did. And I'm just blocking it out. But I remember going to the cafeteria first day of school, probably the same damn day. We're in the same damn outfit. And, uh, there were eighth grade boys here and all of our, you know, we don't know anyone seventh grade girls here. Cause we all just came to this new school. And I literally went, reached back and I did a big stretch like this and all of the boys clapped. And I was like, oh, I just instantly, my shoulders went forward. I don't think I ever put my shoulders back ever again. And, you know, like I've had these for a very long time. They've been rather big my whole life. And talking about my boobs, everyone. And um, (laughs) sorry, no one can see me touching my boobs. (laughs) Anyways, it was just like, I can laugh now, but Jesus, if that was Brittany and I knew something like that happened to her in school, I'd probably go to the school and, and kick the crap out of all of those boys. Um, <laughs> like, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah. And I, well, since that day, I think that's when I shrunk. i probably shrunk earlier, but you know, I just went inward. I just was like, oh, don't be seen. Don't be seen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to teach girls and, and women the ways to stand up for themselves and not take that kind of abuse. I mean, because that's abuse. And I, I remember when she was in fifth grade, there were boys like pulling bra straps, that kind of thing. And I went to the teacher and I said, this is not cool. He didn't get it. Yeah, he was he like, oh, yeah, boys. I mean, that was exactly yeah. the message. That was exactly the message. Yeah. And thankfully, things are kind of turning around, I hope a little bit. I think people are starting to educate themselves a little bit more on, you know, privilege and stuff like that in all areas, but still it's like, and even like, you know, when I was younger, boys would be mean and we'd tell girls, well, that probably just means he likes you. Like, exactly. Exactly. What kind of message is that? I should, I think people who are mean to me like me, so okay. it's okay for everyone to be mean yeah. to you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of the romance novels. 
are like mm-hmm. too. Like that's just, it's just romanticized. It's, it's everywhere. And that's one of the reasons why like, I love reading, but I get so tired of all of the books out there. Cause it's either like written by a dude, I brought a broody man. And then usually the broody man's like girlfriend, wife, whoever dies in like the first hundred pages of the story to make him sadder and like do something or, or it's just, uh, just like a really, uh, disguised, unhealthy, toxic relationship throughout the romance book and I'm like I can't I can't deal with deal yeah, with it and we're just oh, bombarded we're bombarded by all of it all of yeah. it and we mm-hmm. think there's something wrong with us if we don't have a partner if we don't have a whatever mm-hmm. if we don't look mm-hmm. a certain way and that's just a shame what a shame it is yeah. it's really interesting I think you know when I first started reading about like feminism like I didn't consider myself a feminist until I was probably 22 or 23 which feels really late now thinking about it because in my head I always used to think like feminism was a bad thing because that's just the way that the men in power wanted us to think I guess I don't know but it's just interesting because like once you start reading about you know inequality privilege all that stuff it's like all of the things you used to love, you can no longer enjoy. Like, like you have to shut off the feminism part of your brain to just yeah. say yes to the dress or stuff like that. You know, you're like, I'm just going to pretend I don't know about this. <laughs> no, but awesome. almost all of that damn TV, all of it, all of it's it. everything. It's every little thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, um, we we uh we eat dinner together a lot and like we'll watch something and so half the time I'm co- I, I'm the commentator in this relationship um so I'm always commenting on something and I get angry a lot about what's going on because I'm like this is so stupid that's so why why yeah, yeah so you sound funny. like me <laughs> oh man and she just laughs and she's like yeah you're right but like yeah I'm the one that will just like even if I'm alone like I'll still comment out loud. Like yeah. I will just get angry at the at the characters in the TV. And like, why are you doing this? This is yeah. so unhealthy. If you just communicated, we would have ignored the entire plot line. Yeah. <laughs> in the TV, then it wouldn't be a show. <laughs> I find exactly. myself. If they wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. But it's so yeah. ridiculous when it's like, if y'all just open your mouths mm-hmm. and communicated to each other's faces. <laughs> What this would have been solved in like 20 minutes, but no, you're just gonna be like, now I'm not gonna say anything because they hurt me. <laughs> like, okay, great. Your relationship started off real well. Do you ever so find yourself you. watching TV and just feeling all of the brain cells like diminish in your head? Like, oh, yeah, yep. Exactly. And we sometimes predict the dialogue. Oh, this is where it's gonna go next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> This is so awesome to talk to. Brittany, it's almost like looking in a mirror, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to try to take a quick break, but I'll tell you, we'll be right back in two seconds. So don't go anywhere at all. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. 
And here we are. We're back. I told you we'd be back. And we are. And we're even back with the same guests we left. <laughs> they haven't decided to walk out of the interview. Which Can you right. imagine if that happened? Oh, that might happen one of these days. Right? Let's be prepared if that ever happens. So we're back with Linda Welsh and her daughter, Sarah Laryl Welsh. And they have a podcast called Women Rising Together. And they talk about many different subjects and they help women find their way home. Um, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about, um, we got on a whole bunch of different topics, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just really about women, women's issues, women's topics, things that we have to deal with being women. Um, but one thing that Linda mentioned earlier is that uh, she and her daughter, I'm talking to you, Britt, I guess. <laughs> she and her daughter had to rebuild their relationship after um, Linda had separated from her partner so how did you do that was that tough I mean it must have been a little tough yeah it was actually pretty awful oh yeah yeah Uh, and it's it's funny because we had this was when she was 15 and we'd always been really close and then suddenly things were weird and I couldn't figure out what it was she was going in between houses and um and she wasn't being very articulate about what was happening. And finally, you know, before she broke that, down. Linda, before that time, did you have a great relationship? We was had a fabulous relationship. She was able to talk to you about everything. And yeah, we so were super close. Really, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I, I started reading books on divorce poison and it's like, oh, something's happening in the other household. Yeah. You can't control and any of that. Yeah. You can't. And you, you want to share the next part of what you know, you were feeling? Yeah. So basically I was being in some ways gaslighted and then in other ways manipulated. I mean, like both, uh, by my other parent and sort of, uh, making my mom, Linda being out to be like the bad guy in the relationship. Um, and so eventually just got to the point where I had no idea what was true and what was it anymore and so I broke down in her living room my mom's living room being like I I, and I told her that I'm like I don't know like what to think anymore I have no idea what I should be thinking I I can't tell the difference at all um and I was I straight up said like I need therapy but I can't tell my other parent because she isn't she isn't gonna like that because uh, yeah um she wanted to be the center of like my attention and she she wanted to be the one that was like having the heart-to-heart conversations and she would make um, it all better for you and yeah she was the one that you were trying yeah no she thought she was yeah Yeah, she thought she was yeah well she was she was trying to make it better for herself which is that if she could have all of sarah's attention sarah wanted her only then that made her look good she yeah. had a lot of narcissistic tendencies and I was you know, going to ask if she was yes, a narcissist. Yeah, the, the, uh, one of my friends who used to be in practice with her said, you know, if she really is a narcissist, the wound you dealt her by leaving her might be so great. She may never speak to you again. And she may try to destroy all of your relationships. Oh. And so, you know, the question you asked was how we did that. And so I, I read this book and, and, and it's, and basically it said, take a strong stand for your relationship you know, do not tolerate somebody turning your child against you. And I remember exactly where I was um, on the step in the house I was living in when I said to her, I am taking a strong stand for our relationship and we need to make sure we're spending time together to work things out if there's things that are coming up. And I think that was a huge turning point for us when I said, yeah. I'm not giving up. I got yeah. a lot of parents in breakups where one parent is trying to turn the kid against the other, they give up and they just check out. Mm-hmm. And so 
that was the biggest thing for me is I decided what I wanted, which is I wanted my close relationship back with her. And I was never giving up on this child ever. Like that's, that wasn't in my, my even wildest imagination, what that would look like to give up on her. Right, and right. so, you know, we've spent a lot of time um, figuring out like kind of who we were in this new configuration of relationship um, and, you know, what it was we liked doing together. We started traveling together. Mm-hmm. I took her to London um, and then we've gone to China and India and, and it's like, you know, have those shared experiences and rebuild all of that, um, I think is what's led us to working together today. Yeah, that's fabulous. Like yeah, a lot of personal growth on on both sides um i was going to for like almost two years two separate therapists one was like a normal talk therapist and the other one was a somatic therapist so it did more of like the body work and stuff like that so because i know i needed healing i did not feel whole when i broke down in her living room <laughs> saying i don't know what's right or wrong anymore yeah. um so i had such a, at that. such a young age too you were able to communicate that you weren't you know usually kids take that and just push it down I think, I mean, that's, yeah, she, she knew me well, <laughs> yeah. she, she noticed. And so she kept pushing mm-hmm. and that that's what saved our relationship in a lot yeah. of ways and saved me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. is that she, she didn't give up. She kept pushing. She was like, we have to talk about what's going on. I know there's something wrong. You can talk to me. Um, and so, and it just became very clear. Like there was nothing I could do that would make her turn away from me. And so she just showered me with like unconditional love and she still does. And so she's like, my rock Aww. to this day. Um, and I know I will always have my mom. Um, and now I can't get emotional. <laughs> is Brittany crying? Is Brittany crying? Um, Who's I crying? have a little bit of tears welling up in my eye hearing you say that because I feel the exact same but, way. Um, oh. You know, it's, it's just, as a daughter, I think it feels really wonderful to have a mom that you can always count on, you know, like, my friends are always like, oh, your mom's an angel, your mom's an angel. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, she really is, <laughs> you know, like. I, I figured that was like, totally going the other way. Like, no, you don't understand. It took me too. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, they recognize it. And I'm like, but you, like, you don't, you don't really know, you know, because, like, she's done so much for me. And. But that's my job. Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, I think like I said, we're lucky to have moms like that because I, I know so many people who don't, you know, like exactly. yeah. my roommate had my ex roommate. We don't live together anymore. We're still friends and all that, but he had such a hard time with his mom, you know, like he has so many wounds because of what his mom has done or not done uh, to him or for him. And it's just like, Oh God, I'm so lucky. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the sad thing is that so many um, kids growing up don't have either parent who's yeah. there to take a stand for them. They are so alone in the world. Right. I remember when I was working with kids more earlier in my uh, life, I, I would teach them by about fifth or sixth grade that they, if they couldn't count on their parent, they couldn't blame them anymore, that they had to start looking at other adults, other um, more um, loving, happier kids to hang out with so that they could kind of learn how to parent themselves. And I can be as mad as I want at their parent not being able to have the capacity to be the parent they need, but that kid needs to figure out how they're going to navigate it so that they don't go using drugs or alcohol or things to medicate their, their lack of connection in the world. And yeah. so I, I, I know that we uh, have done some really great things with young people by saying, listen, yeah, your parent can't be there for you. How do you take a stand for yourself and create the life you really want? Um, so there's a, a lot of that that we both really believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what happens is you're right. 
they turn to looking for love and all the, I always joke with my, like about myself saying, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Um, and, you know, looking for something that's not what you really need right now. I definitely parented myself growing up. I remember, um, I remember uh, some things I remember, lots of things I don't, but um, feeding myself um, a can of peas for dinner because that's, you know, that's all it's in the house. So I'm just going to heat up this can of peas. And um, I don't know, I, I don't even know how old I was then. Right. Wow. It just, it just was, and my parents were, were, I don't know, they were married for 25 years. They had eight kids in that time. And my mom had eight kids at 33 and wow. I would see eighth. And like, by then it was like, I'm done. I'm good. And, and I was like, you know, four years old sitting there, like, who's going to take care of me? So, wow. yeah. So you end up, you're right. If someone had told me, you're just going to have to look. I mean, I ended up doing that, looking for adults. Um, but of course, not all the right ones. Mm-hmm. And awful relationships along the way, figuring it all out. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what happens. Yeah, we all, we all kids need someone to look up to. And there has to be like a big brother, like mentor program nationwide. I mean, I know there is, but you know what I mean? Like a mentor program yeah. for yeah, kids. I, I- but, and I think the other thing is to learn how to parent yourself as an adult when you didn't get it as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's yeah. a lifelong process to reparent yourself in the ways you got let down. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and to forgive where that's appropriate and to let go where that's appropriate, but to really take a strong stand for yourself um, that you are going to heal whatever needs to be healed so that you have a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life. Yeah, there's a great quote that goes around and it's one of my favorites about um, you weren't responsible for your trauma, but as an adult, you're responsible for not fixing it, but healing from it or something. Of course, I'm getting it all wrong, but the gist is, you know, you're not responsible for what you had gone through, but you're responsible as an adult for kind of healing it. And it's so true. If you have the capability or you have the resources or the people that you can rely on, then it's time, it's time. And forgiving, forgiving the past and your parents, especially is so important because there's no reason to hold on to any of that. Everyone's doing the best that they can. Yeah. That's one of the things we talk a lot about in our work is um, people's capacity. And then we just, we've been doing a lot of Facebook lives lately and having a lot of fun with that just in a 15 minutes or less format, rather than the hour long things we were doing with our podcast. And, um, one of the things we, we talked about is trying to get oranges from the apple tree or apples from the orange tree. Like if you keep That's trying so to get the same thing from this person that just doesn't have the capacity to give it to you, you're making yourself crazy. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of parents just have no capacity to continue parenting you or to parent you in any way at all. Yeah. And yeah, so what yeah. are you going to do for you um, to make sure you're looking for apples from the apple tree and oranges from the orange tree, but you're not mixing that up. And so, so often in our relationships, we are looking for people to behave in a way they have no ability to behave. And then we're constantly disappointed and angry with the person. That's right. Able to perform the way we want them to, even though they have no capacity to do so. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's a cycle. So it's like, you have to reflect and be like, wait, 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 you know, why am I asking this of this person when I know that that's just not something that they can do? Mm -hmm. Um, because that's, it's not going to create a cycle of happiness that just creates a cycle of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's one saying that me and my sister always say, and we, uh, we say it to each other 
when we know what we're saying is like duh you know what I mean by duh I don't know if yeah on the west coast um <laughs> when they say duh everywhere duh <laughs> Um, I'm regressing <laughs> to a five-year-old, but anyways, um, did you ever see when Harry met Sally? Yeah. By any chance. Okay. So there's a scene with, I think Meg Ryan and, um, the other woman that's very, very famous, uh, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher. And he's, she's having an affair with a married, um, man. And she says, I know, I know he's never going to leave her. He's never going to leave her. Um, because he's never going to leave his wife. And she says it all the time. I know, I know he's never going to leave her. So it's kind of like that. It's like, I don't know why I'm asking this person this. It's like, he's never going to leave her. You know, yeah. you're just going to oh, be funny. disappointed. Period. So yeah, sorry, side note. Yeah, the expectations, <laughs> I think it's tough sometimes. Like you can feel that hurt when you have to readjust expectations of someone, you know, because you, I think it's just human instinct to say, well, if I were you, then I would do this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but you're not that person. That person's yeah. lived a completely different life than you. And they have different reactions and expectations of, of their friendships and their relationships and whatever, you know, like I've had to do it with my own friends of many times where I'm just like, how could you have done that to me? I'm your friend. And it's like, well, you know, it's a big deal for me, but maybe it wasn't a big yeah. deal for them. And you have right. to- We all come to the table with our own- um, Yeah our own shit yeah and that and that's going to shape every decision that we make period and we may disappoint a few people unknowingly and I think uh I think really we have to take accountability for that like okay she didn't do what I thought she was going to do but why did I expect that I shouldn't that was unfair to expect that I suppose exactly yeah and one of the things that I've tried to really move into in my life particularly uh focusing on this the last couple months is loving and accepting people exactly as they are and not how I want them to be. And that has been um, something that I've really started looking at. Like, you know, if, if a friend isn't perfect in every way that they respond or whatever, you know, how can I love and accept them just the way they are, not expect them to be different um, and, and recognize what I can get in that friendship and may only be this much. And what I get in a, another friendship may be, you know, a little uh, bit more, yeah. a, a little more. And yeah. so, you know, and, and can I um, have friends that I have different expectations of? And for me, my answer is yes. Yeah. You know, that there are people in different levels in, in my life. And, but this big thing for me is just love and accept everyone in my life exactly as they are and not make them feel like they have to do something else just to please me. Where, where did I, where do we ever get that selfish well, idea? That's that called, people that's have to called condition. That's called conditional love. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And if, and we really, I truly feel that we are all here, or I'm going to get, I'm said this on another podcast and I'm going to preface it by saying you might think I'm crazy and they might walk away, Britt, but that's all right. I think that we truly are just a beam of energy and love. That's it. We just happen to have like this meat skin on our body yeah. and we're <laughs> just, meat suits. We got meat suits. <laughs> we're just meant to love ourselves yeah. and each other. And, and everything else gets in the way of doing that. So if you're not loving and accepting, I guess is an okay word to use, everyone just as they are, um, if we're not doing that, it's because something got in the way. So absolutely. I, I, and that's our goal should be to simply appreciate love and accept people just where they are. 
And the other thing too, is you can love and accept someone and not have them in your life as well. Yep. Because that's, that's what I had to do with my other parent. I haven't talked yep. to her for like seven, eight years now. Wow. Um, uh, because she was a toxic person. I, yep. I couldn't be who I was, who I am today, if she was still in my life. Cause it was just like a really, nope, gaslighting, the narcissism, the manipulation yeah. was not good. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause she was not able to take responsibility for anything that she did wrong. Yep. None of it. And so I was like, I can't, I can't deal with that. I, yeah. I'm not, I, I just, I don't want that in my life. So um, like, I love who she was. I, I like, I, I love the good times that we did have together as a family. And I had to, and I learned to accept that she just didn't have the capacity for the certain things that I wanted from her. But the thing is that she was my, like, she was my parent. She's supposed yep. to parent me and she couldn't do that. And I was like, I can't. I can't, I don't need this from you. I can't have this from you. So I, I just, I know that she would just follow the same patterns and trying to manipulate me all over again. And it's like, I don't want to deal with it. Good for you. That's not easy. That's that's a really hard thing to do. That's a hard boundary to set. It was awful. (laughs) 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 To do so at such a young age is really impressive. So uh, I commend you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. Tell me where people can see your Facebook lives that you talk about. On our Facebook page, Women what is Rising that? Together Now. Oh, so that, okay. So the Facebook page is Women Rising Together Now. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, we, we've been having a lot of fun with it. And um, our coach has been very funny with us. It's like, I want you to get edgier, like get in there. And, and what are they really feeling? What are they mad about? What are they, you know, all of that. So it's been kind of fun. And the, you know, kind of the mantra that I've been going through in my life lately too, there are two questions I ask myself just about every day. And one of them is how much good can you stand? And so we, we live at, at very low levels compared to what's possible for us. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about the spiritual beam and the, the, the energy beam of love and all of that. How much more love could we um, experience in our lives? So my second question I ask myself every day is what barrier to love can you let go of today? Yes. You know, what place am I holding love away from me that I could let that barrier down? Because usually we're trying to protect ourselves and not be too vulnerable because we might get hurt. Well, so what if you get hurt? You know, that's not the end of your life. Um, And so, you know, the combination of those two questions has just really lifted me up. And that's the way we want to work with women to really get to a place where they take strong stands for themselves everywhere in their lives and are um, really having a strong sense of who they are and what they want in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so Women Rising Together Now is really that the start of a community we're building to have women support each other, you know, toward that. So not a lot of broken people that want everybody to fix them. It's not that. It's women who are successful, feeling good about their lives. lives. How do they get to feel even better? So they make a bigger contribution, even if all that contribution is, is their loving essence. Like, what would that be like if every woman on the planet was elevated so much that she just emanated love everywhere she went like that would be incredible I say that the first place we have to work is with ourselves and really appreciating and loving ourselves and accepting ourselves where we are right now and I feel like that's I know there's a lot of outside influences and I don't like to say it's because of this that and that reason why I don't Um, I absolutely have been working on that for a little while now like I need to look inward and start to love myself a lot more because I know once I feel comfortable, and we just talked about that at the beginning of the podcast, but if I feel safe and comfortable with who I am, where I am right now, 
I'm not going to go ahead and start tearing other people down just to feel better because I feel great already. You know, exactly. So we, yeah, we really need to start not only rising, helping each other rise, but really working on ourselves a bit here. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about is um, you can't give from an empty cup. Nope. You know, and put your own oxygen mask on first, all of those little trite sayings. But but it's true. Like if you are giving from an emptiness, you're giving to um, you're giving so you're going to get something. Mm -hmm. And so the essence of, of our work is to get to a place where you have filled yourself up. So you're giving from a full cup. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is so much um, be more beautiful to have people who are giving from a full cup because, you know, you can trust it and, you know, mm -hmm. they're not trying to get something from you and you're not going to owe them something later. And not um, only that, you're not depleted after you've given everything away exactly. that you had. <laughs> exactly. It's so, important. it's so important not to to feel drained or depleted after encountering something with somebody, you know? Yeah, it's the recipe for resentment. Yes, yep. that's really profound, actually, that you said that. Like, for real. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Because you're like, oh, my God. I feel terrible after every experience I have with you. I hate you now. You know what I mean? Like, or it's like, I hate myself yeah. for constantly wanting to be with you. Like, what is yeah. it about me that keeps right. returning? So usually yeah. for me, it's, it's a lack of self-respect. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and sacrifice my, you know, well-being just to go hang out with this person again. I'm just, mm -hmm. I mean, I never think of that consciously I just go do it and after I'm like Jesus what the hell and why did I do that, that to myself yeah yeah well, again that's yeah that's what we're really working on with women is to get more conscious so yeah. like you know who you and you'd asked about the um the mini course that we are making available to your listeners and one of the things is to get really conscious of how you got where you are today be honest with yourself about how you got where you are today only by acknowledging how you got here and where you are uh, in terms of your self-love, in terms of the relationships in your life, can you then plot a vision and, and a trajectory to where you want to be? But if we don't get honest with ourselves, you know, we're never going to get anywhere. It and sounds just like my podcast. I mean, honor your past, Yeah, you know, yeah. becoming yeah. aware, all of it. It's just a love and let go. It truly aligns right with everything that we talk about here on this podcast and my book yeah. that's coming out soon. Just kidding. I didn't finish it yet. <laughs> to be like what oh, really <laughs> did, did i mention it's being released tomorrow <laughs> no not yet i started it during the pandemic i just haven't finished it anyways but it's it goes right along with that you know knowing where you yeah. came from and actually appreciating it understanding it forgiving it if you have to but being okay with it because it brought you to where you are now. And then how do you move forward to get to the point where you're letting go and living in the present and loving exactly. really is the ultimate goal. Yeah. 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 It's this understanding what is serving you in your life and what isn't. And mm -hmm. so when you have that conscious awareness of, you know, oh, this person's really draining. Why am I spending so time? Like, why do I spend so much time with them if they're really draining? And then you feel like, oh, wait, I don't, have to spend all my time with this person oh, mm -hmm. and yeah. change who you're who you're surrounding yourself with right or uh, truly or dig deep and say why do I keep going back to that person what do I, I yeah think what, what I'm getting out of it yeah like what yep. is it what is it right and then what you know you could it? actually understand it sorry Brittany heal a lot of those types like those um similar relationships because don't they come back and come back Mm -hmm. Sorry, yep. Brittany, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, yeah, I was just going to say, or you just adjust, you know, the time you spend with them. So 
Exactly. Yeah. If you have a really good time going out to the bar with this person, then you go, you have a couple drinks, you come home and that is it. You know, you're yeah. telling this person about all the problems you're having at work or, you know, you don't, you don't talk about certain things with them. And that's just how you create a boundary without necessarily yeah. out, outwardly speaking about it, you know, which I know can be really hard for people, myself included. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do but it's so necessary. Yeah, building those internal boundaries within your own relationships to make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. Right, you don't have to tell them that you're doing that. You can just kind of do it. Take yeah. your time responding. Like don't, you yeah. know, like there's little ways that you can just take your energy back and take your power back and just create a little bit of a boundary. Yeah, and the biggest, one of the biggest things that we like to remind everyone of in all of our Facebook lives is focus on the baby steps for making changes. Like yeah. don't try to do huge changes. It's like, you're going to overwhelm yourself and like, you're going to want to give up like instantaneously. Um, mm -hmm. So focus on the small things that you can make. Like if you're someone who responds immediately to every single text that ever comes through on your phone, like yeah. be like, no, like wait 10 minutes, 15 you know, mm -hmm. before you respond, like th just those tiny little things, wake up five minutes earlier, journal for, you know, 10 minutes a day, like yeah. the little things make the world of a difference because they pile up and eventually turn into bigger changes. Yeah. So, and that's too overwhelming. Up. And when we're Big overwhelmed, steps. we tend to not do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice talking to you ladies. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'm so lovely. glad. This, this might be my favorite. I know. Me too. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap things up, um, we will mention your podcast again, your Facebook page, which came out of nowhere. I didn't even know that existed. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about that again. But before we go, we usually ask our guests three questions. Before I ask you these questions, of course, it'll be, you both can answer, you know, it doesn't have to be the same answer for both of you. Um, do you have anything else you want to share with anyone that's listening? <laughs> They're thinking. I, I, I think that one thing I want to share is take back your life. Absolutely. Like create what you really want. You can have it and you deserve it. Yep. And yep. you are totally worthy to have what you really, your heart desires. Mm -hmm. That's a great 100%. message. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, you ready for our questions? Indeed. Okay, Britt, do you want me to ask them? Yes. Oh. Come on, Britt, you're doing so well. You can do it. I always it's forget okay. what the first one is. I always it's okay. It's okay. I always ask the second. She knows the second one, all right, because I've been, I've been coaching her on the second one. Okay, are you ready? When you are at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? I would say, while she's thinking, I'm gonna say, I think, <laughs> I think my most peace, peaceful <clears throat> is um, being out in nature, yeah. uh, preferably by ocean water. Um, and if I can be uh, walking uphill next to an ocean, nirvana i mean it's just like having the the physical activity of, i just feel like for me that's where source energy gets channeled um most easily i can do it other places but the most easily that i can feel that connection is when i'm in nature of of that sort like hiking next to the ocean or something yeah 
Yeah. yeah, that's nice. I wish we could hike next to the ocean here, but can we hike next to the ocean here? Not really, right? Um, there are some spots. Maybe in Maine. Yeah, in Maine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maine. there's definitely some places in New England where you can be near yeah. that, but but any kind of water works. And, Absolutely. And, uh, the ocean yeah. is really peaceful for me. Yeah. I go there just to recharge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't really, the location doesn't necessarily matter. Um, I require nothing but music and a notebook. Journaling? Do you like, to, journ you like no, to write? No, not even journaling. Sometimes I will literally stare into space for four hours straight. Uh, no problem. Um, because uh, <laughs> I'm a writer. That, that's yeah. actually what I went to college for. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, uh, is writing. So I've I'm, I'm been working on a novel for like, oh God, like seven Will years. you finish my book so. for me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but staring, just staring off into space and sort of letting my mind wander like that's where I'm just like, ah, yes, this is where I like to be. So do you um, tend to get rejuvenated from that? Like, like revived just from sitting and staring. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and, um, like, I like to say music is food for me. Absolutely. Um, so music is so important. In the brain. Music um, is very, depending on the music can be very high vib vibrating. So when you talk about the vibration of the emotion love music yeah. is up there with that so yeah totally music yeah that's awesome Brittany do you know what the second question happens to be yeah actually I do know that one um <laughs> well now I feel like I don't know it because there's so much pressure but <laughs> <laughs> no pressure okay so um do you guys have a recommendation for your favorite self-help book or doesn't have to be self-help. It could also just be a really good book that you've read. All right. So a really good <laughs> book I just listened to because I had a, an eight-hour drive home escaping the smoke in Oregon after a, a planned oh, no. vacation went bad um, was called The Midnight Library. And it's this <laughs> metaphysical thing about this person who uh, attempts suicide and that in there, there's a, um, a, a minute after midnight where you get to choose lots of other ways your life could have gone. We all have the, all these regrets. And so, you know, there's, there's a book of regrets there. And then there's a book of all the millions of ways your life could have gone if you'd made one slightly different choice. So I, I love that kind of um, that for a fiction book. That was fantastic. For me, the um, other uh, books that have been really important in my growth have been um, uh, Michael Singer's books, The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul, those those really changed my life. And then more recently, uh, Tosha Silver's books. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with those, but, you know, uh, everything's about surrender to spirit. And, no kidding, um, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and I went through a period where I was being taught that you just demand what you want. And and it's so interesting to to really flip into surrendering. It's like, OK, God, uh, you got it. Whatever you got. Um, yeah. What have you got yeah. for me now? Yep. Yeah. I, I read The Untethered Soul and that changed my life. Yeah, um, me it, too. It actually I, is probably the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now and not teaching this year. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I saw his um, surrender experiment that I, I listen on Audible. I do not, um, I don't read unless the book is that good, then I buy it. And I put it up on my shelf because I want to go through and highlight and all the things that I like because yeah. you can't do that on Audible. Maybe you can, but I'm usually driving or walking, so I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, the surrender experiment, I just listened to that, um, for the first time this, this summer, like maybe the spring. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. I mean, he did go on and on about 
Like, how is he not surprised that things keep happening for him after all this time? I, you know, I was kind of like, it's getting old, Michael, Mickey, whatever. It's getting old, but you know, um, it was a, it's a great story. And, and it's so true. Like, just say yes to whatever the universe or God or whoever brings to you, whatever it brings to you. And yeah. things are, things happen the way they're supposed to. It's just crazy. Yeah, That's a great exactly. Story. Okay, miss, what did you hit your head for face palm when I, when Brittany asked you, was there too many? Um, because I, I am, I am a consumer of books. Okay. I don't like read things. Okay. Pick one or two. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> Uh, but there is one book it's not a self-help book That's but okay. it did totally just like blow my mind um I actually had to read it for a college class like junior year um it is called House of Leaves by Daniel it's a Polish last name but freaky book totally tell freaky tell me why um there's a but it's like a beautifully written in the sense that there are three different stories going on and they're completely intertwined with each other and one of them is totally wacky um and it's and it's about like this family that lives in this house that ends up being very weird and like there's Mm -hmm. extra space and it's like bigger on the inside than it is on the outside and there's this like closet that opens up into this dark chamber that just keeps going on and on and on and on and on that's kind of neat it was, it was, it was, it was so cool. Um, I, have, I, I read it and then I bought the book after the class is over because I needed it in my life. Cause I was like, this is so amazing. Um, and the, the, but the, the most interesting part besides the actual story was the fact that it was written not normally like a regular book. It, it the, you were turning the, you had to turn the book at oh, point, you're kidding. The, the, the text is really incredible. Down. Yeah. Was like yeah. Text overlaid on the sides of like other things there. It was like highlighted. There were strike throughs. <laughs> it was, it was so crazy. There's so much happening. And it, it just blew my mind. Cause it was like at, at the time, um, I mean, I, I went to school for creative writing. So I was taking all of the fiction writing classes and stuff like that. So just be able to read a book like that and realize I can write a book Anywhere you want. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever you want. And like, that was like the moment I was like, oh. Yeah. There's no formula. Just do it the way you want. Exactly. Like just threw out whatever formula, you know, people use and was like, nah, that's not for me. (laughs) If you ever truly want to ghostwrite for me, it's almost done. (laughs) Really. I'm like, I just need someone to put it all together now. All the parts are there. All right. Okay. Any other book, Sarah, or is that it? That's the uh, one. The other one that came into my head was The Alchemist. Uh, <gasps> love that one too. Okay. I loved it. I, again, I had to read it for school. I had to read it freshman year of high school. It's uh, such a great book and it's so quick to read. You can read it over and over again and get something different every time. Britt, you should read that book. Okay. Yeah, for we sure. Should. I need to I think you would it like again. it. I, yeah. I need to reread it again because like now at 25, you know, going back and reading a book that I read at 15. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh yeah. You'll definitely find different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The alchemist is great. The four agreements is great. Um, Untethered soul is amazing. The The surrender. The secret's good. I love the law of attraction stuff. Have you read the Celestine prophecy? I have. Yeah. I I was just hot on all of those things. And and when I was their age, I was reading Richard Bach's book, Illusions. Did you ever read that one? No. When I was their age, I was reading Stephen King. (laughs) <laughs> when I was pregnant with Brit, I read The Stand. It was like this big. I'm sorry, on my, Brit. On my belly. <laughs> I'm like, 
goes, she didn't come out crazy, did she? <laughs> that book. I was a big Stephen King fan when I was younger. Oh, that's funny. Now I don't read any fiction books. I just typically go for the kind that will help me learn something about myself or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's it. Okay, last question. Um, Brittany, I'm going to ask this question, I guess. Yeah, okay. it's your turn. Um, if money wasn't an object at all, what would you be doing with yourself? It's funny you asked that because I, I was looking at the lottery amount the other day and I, and I asked myself that exact question. I was like, if you won that lottery, is this what you would be doing or would you do something else? And I feel like I'm exactly like the woman we want to work with. I did a lot of things to support a family. I did a lot of things because it was expected of me. And now this is my passion project you know, mm -hmm. to help women be happier and to really lift themselves up. Um, mm -hmm. And because I thought, okay, if I didn't have to work, if I didn't have to, you know, coach people, if I didn't have to do all of that stuff, would I still do it? And um, the only thing I would do differently is um, uh, put more gas on the fire here and, and put a whole bunch more um, effort into making the movement bigger, faster. Yeah. I think we're really needed right now. Listen, if you need anyone to help you, I do the same thing on the East Coast. I do. Yeah. I coach women and work a lot with self-worth and and um, incorporating small changes into their day, um, yeah, nice. all of that stuff. So I'm nice. here if you ever need anyone <laughs> okay. to talk to about it. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Hey, we should uh, have a, yeah, we should have a retreat. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh, that'd How be many fun. people can we have a retreat with? I've done two so far and they're fun. You know, it takes a lot of work to organize and all, but that I would just be a lot of fun. absolutely love yeah. doing them. That's Me too, I, I like the in-person stuff. Yeah, I really, really love organizing stuff like that, planning events, and so. Oh, cool. Huh? Use my okay, Sarah. poor Sarah. Go ahead, Miss Sarah. Sarah, what would you be doing if you had all the money in the world? Um, my first thought was this too, um, because I know that if, like, my dream is to be an author, right? So I'm, I'm consistently working towards that, but we're not there yet. And if I had, well, money, you are an author, but you're not a published author yet. So that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The the word particular word choice, published author, not there yet. Um. So, but you know, still working on that. I I feel like I still want to be doing something that's not just that because that's all like fiction related. I write sci-fi fantasy. Um, so to be able to be doing something that's going to have more of a direct impact of where I can really, um, help people directly, because I, I think that's really amazing to be able to help someone change their life. Um, I would absolutely still be doing this with my mom, 100%. Yep. And I wouldn't want to do it with anyone other than my mom. So this is where I want to be. No. And what a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> This really has been so amazing, you two. Like, it's really nice to speak to another mother-daughter combo, you know? Isn't like it? Just, and look, they, there was a dog, there was a dog howling out there. I was just like, <laughs> I, I can't see because these are reading glasses. Anyways, I hope it doesn't come on the podcast. Woohoo! I didn't hear it. I think we're howling good. dogs. Um, <laughs> it is really nice to have a mother-daughter combo, isn't it? And then you guys have such a nice relationship. It's very similar to Britain and and yeah. ours, mine, ours. It's very similar to our relationship. So it's really nice to see. There yeah. are West Coast counterparts, Britt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, and, and when I saw your post about this in that, uh, that uh, Facebook group, I thought, oh, this would be so fun. And I didn't know how much fun it was going to be because oh. so we can't <laughs> wait to have you on our podcast. Yeah. Oh, yay. So, 
we'll, we'll <laughs> find the time to do it in our season three with you guys. It's yeah, really fun. Fat. We would love to, right, Britt? Yeah, we would absolutely love to. Great. Right. Awesome. Now, remember, you can see them on Facebook Lives. You can go to their Facebook page and follow them. It's Women Rising Together Now. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to listen to their podcast, it is called Women Rising Together. And your website is, I'm going to put it in the podcast notes, but it's womenrisingtogethernow.com. Yep. That's the right website, right? Okay, great. And again, I will have that in all the podcast notes. So if you're listening and you want to connect with them somehow or watch them on Facebook, you can, but you can also, if you didn't write it down, look at the notes. <laughs> all right. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you both so much for coming on. It was so nice to meet you. Um, and I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having us. It's Thank been you. really fun. Absolutely. Thank you. And here I am. I am back, just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.